Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Phil's Photography Journey podcast. Today is Saturday the 28th of April and it's been a little while since I last spoke with you. Had a great time in Budapest which I shall talk about and also uh, went on a good training session actually. Hannah Cousins ran a workshop at Wex and uh, I've got a photography job tonight which should be good fun. So uh, Budapest, if you haven't been, go in in short. It was a superb trip. Uh, We had an early start on the Saturday, 10 to 6 flight, but everything went smooth as clockwork and we arrived at the hotel at about quarter past 10 and big bonus, the room was ready. So we were able to relax and have a bite to eat and get settled before we went off and toured the, the Buddha side of town, which is where we were. So it's the castle or hilly side. And you cross the Danube to go over to Pest. So as well as being there as a traveller, city break with my wife, we uh, we also decided, actually I decided, to do some more video Um I've dabbled with it in the past, but I quite like the idea of uh, tackling a vlog. And uh, that's what we did. So the vlog is actually on YouTube now, on Phil Swallow Photography. It's about just under 19 minutes long. uh, And I learned so much doing that, but it was great fun. The editing process is... uh, It's got similarities to how you edit podcasts in GarageBand, because you've got a sound file but also you've obviously got a a video file but you know it's also trying to use that kind of less is more sort of rule so um and i read somewhere in one of the many youtube advice clips uh, or videos about a sort of five second rule so some clips you really don't need much more than that and some parts of the podcast we were illustrating things a bit deeper so one of the things we saw uh, was the uh, synagogue there so Sue and I aren't Jewish, uh, but it was a go-to place, and it was absolutely incredible. Uh, we probably were there for a couple of hours, and we went on the tour. So it's a guided tour you get um, included, plus there's a museum. There's a lot of places there that you can reflect as well. Uh, there were some horrors that took place in World War II, um, and you know it's worth just understanding that. If you don't know enough about it, you know, go for that reason, just understand it very important these things may not be of the same scale but they do kind of happen in different parts of the world still so I would thoroughly recommend that Um, we had a great time so one of the things we wanted to do on the video was to I suppose have a tell a story you know it was it was the story of our break but using um, stills using a choice of music um, and bits of b-roll here and there a bit of slow-mo a bit of time-lapse just to try and make it, you know, sort of entertaining and not not lose too many people uh, in 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 the watching of it. And I, you know, we've had some good views so far, good comments. Uh, it's one of these things you sort of have to do it to learn how to do it. If that makes sense, um, it's we will repeat that sort of thing. Um, it's sort of fired up some enthusiasm really in in being able to tell those stories. Don't get me wrong, my photography journey is solid, it continues, but, you know, having having a focus about what we're going to do on each day, bringing mostly the GoPro, um, I didn't actually record any of the video using the capability on my Nikon D810, uh, but it was mostly the GoPro, um, sometimes it was the, the iPhone, 
Um, one of the things I did learn from there is about, you know, stability. So you can stabilize the video in editing. And actually iMovie does quite a good uh, job of that. But, you know, it, it may be a need to, to invest in a gimbal. I think one of the things we wanted to do is to make sure we got good sound reproduction as well. And, and again, the GoPro does a reasonable job, but uh, a lot of the time we were plugging a Lavalier mic in so that uh, we could get a, a close sound close to the, the actual voice and it wasn't picking up too much ambient sound. And I think by and large we've, we've achieved success in that. As one part of the test, I did record a completely different soundtrack to the uh, iPhone and then edited that in afterwards. But... Um, it was uh, it was good fun and yeah so so to, you know adding to the story so we were fortunate with the weather it, it was dry coolish I suppose seasonal norm when we got there on the first day uh, we knew that the forecast was for sunshine and I think you know it's probably been that ever since actually so it was around about 22 to 24 degrees which was fantastic and there's so much to see there in terms of history so many sites um and it has got a real mixed history, you know, just in the last hundred years, let alone further back. Um, but it, it was just that, you know, good food, reasonable price food. I suppose my, um, in terms of putting it into a ballpark, if you went and had a meal at a chain restaurant, so, you know, over here, current times, April 2018, chain restaurant main meals, I don't know what, 12 to 15 pounds roughly, and then you're going to get a five or six pound starter and a five or six pound dessert. So similar price for that would give you a very, very good class of restaurant in Budapest. Uh, so, you know, and, and there were loads of choices. You know, you didn't have to eat in restaurants and we mixed it up. And the people were really friendly. Uh, no language problems. In fact, we we were guilty as we often are when we go away. We didn't even try and learn the language. Uh, had some phrases in the uh, in the book, but didn't need it and even on the buses so we, we took bus ride a couple of times um which was one of the great ways of getting from our hotel <clears throat> which was the buddha castle fashion hotel across to uh, the pest side number 16 bus and it has a really good clear flat screen display and all of the destinations are read out in hungarian and english so you you've got really no excuse to go wrong as long as you pick the right bus um Costs were good overall, so I think it was about five or six pounds or something, maybe a bit less, for the travel card. And that got you on the metro train, the tram and bus um, for the 24-hour period. We did also use a funicular. Made a slight mistake there because we bought a return ticket thinking we could come back the following day. And um, then I saw on their website they do maintenance every two weeks, I think, on a Monday. This was a Sunday night to Monday, so we knew we couldn't use it on the Monday, and I think I saw that it had expired, so we, we lost a bit. My great idea of saving money on a return ended up being the most expensive way you could do it, but never mind. Um, but I would uh, I would say that um, it, it's... Why is it a good place to visit? Well, apart from what I've already said about the food, the costs, the people, the easy ease on the eye, it felt very safe. Um, we did see a few, you know, sort of people who homeless type people or, or at least where their beds were which is no different to London and I feel pretty safe in London most of the time um so uh it, you know the flight was what just over two hours you know they advertise these flight times but you know a lot of that you're taxiing around and stuff the actual flight time is probably only about two hours and uh interesting that quite a few sort of lads groups stag groups going out there on the Saturday but of course coming back on the Wednesday it was a uh, folk like ourselves and um 
we went by EasyJet both ways and yet yeah, broadly fine. So Budapest, big thumbs up. So when I returned and after I'd done some initial editing and it did take a while to do the editing, but I learned a lot on the way, um, went to a workshop run by Hannah, Cous- Hannah Cousins even, sorry Hannah, in uh, Wex in Commercial Street in London, uh, Commercial Street, Commercial Road, anyway it's near Allgate East and uh, it was a really good day, there, there were about 25 people on the course, um, big-ish number I suppose, it was only £75 and that was good value. 10 o'clock start and I think we overran probably finished about half four quarter to five and we did some there was an issue she, she had a camera tethered so there was a few demo shots but then we were working mostly with one light um, not even really a reflector it was just just one light and positioning quite basic really and we all had a go at the um, in split into two groups had a go at the shots and that part of it I think on the few courses that I've done in recent months it's a thing where it doesn't always work smoothly. Um, people are told just to take a couple of shots and they take five or six and then queue up to go back again. Um, and it can end up being of limited use. Although, of course, you, you sort of network, you know, chat to people while you're, you're going through that process. Um, for me, it was the after lunch sessions where Hannah talked about how she got started in business. And she came up with so much good advice um, about, you know, what she learns and what to consider going forward. And, uh, you know, I think for that alone, that was worth the money, because she has been there, seen it, done it. She's got her head screwed on. She's down to earth. Um, I think she's a very good role model, um, got a great temperament, um, and knows how to deal with things head on, I think. So, yeah, I, I think um, I think that was good. Um, but, you know, we'll see in terms of next courses. And, you know, I'm an experienced photographer, but I want to work more on portraits and headshots. And I think in terms of the training that I would get the most value of, it's almost like I want to find something that is about that kind of next level, that intermediate level, maybe, um, possibly even advanced where a masterclass is, is over the top, but that kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to a headshot specific course, day long course in Wimbledon on May the 19th. And I'm hoping that the focus is very much just on that, you know, getting that lighting, getting the expression, getting the poses. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, it's the, the guy actually followed me on Instagram the other day, which is a nice touch. Uh, he's got about 20,000 followers, so well established. I like what I saw in terms of the pictures that he posts. So really looking forward to uh, to giving that a go and, and learning even more. Um, I've actually got headshot books in the week before that for, for a guy that I work with, I've known for some time. He's coming up to the house, so um, that'd be fun. But, you know, I still feel that I just want to get all of the various nuances out and understood. Um, I'm fortunate now because Sue's given up work in terms of corporate work and doing her coaching and, most importantly, acting. She's hooked into lots of forums where they talk about the detail and the technicals uh, for headshots. And I can ride on the back of that, which is really, really useful. So... um, so watch this space. Hopefully a very good quality headshot photographer emerging here. So just fairly short podcast, um, just because I don't like doing long podcasts really, but the, the final section just for now is tonight. So I've been occasionally shooting at um, jazz clubs and folk and blues clubs in the area. And um, a good friend of mine, Neil Pepper, who's been running the folk and blues club for some time, He's still in a band that I 
introduced Neil to in about 1985. Um, I left a couple of years later uh, because I wanted to just do a different type of music. Um, yes, I used to play guitar and, and some vocals. And Neil's carried on, and the band's changed lineups uh, a few times. Um, I think the current lineup is basically four male musicians, so I think there's some guitar and keyboards and another guitar, bass, drums, and a, a, a girl singer. And uh, he said to me that their current band shots are dated and he'd like some more done. So I said I'll go along uh, tonight, so it's over at West Yule, and take some shots. So he's seen my work that I've done at the Folk and Blues Club, so low-light stuff. But, yeah, I think it'll be some fun, actually. Um, I'm, you know, I like the challenge of these things. I'm going to go there with, with a good spread, spread of kit. Um, perhaps some extras that I may not use. I may not need the flash, but, you know, if they did want a more posed shot, then have the flash in the bag, Phil. And um, I did also think about possibly bringing a tripod and a remote trigger so that perhaps I could do a shot, maybe wide-angle shot from on the stage looking back out. But we'll see. You know, this isn't a huge audience jumping up and down in rhythm to the music kind of thing. It's uh, maybe a handful of people will, will get on the dance floor at some point. So I think it'll be fun. Uh, and uh, obviously I'll do the usual thing where I'll um, get rid of the uh, the non-keepers and put them into Pixie Set and share the link with him and uh, he can choose and pay for whatever ones he'll need from there. So I, um, I need to go now to prepare for that. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, it's been good once again. I'll get these into a bit more of a rhythm going forward now. It's just uh, being away always kind of upsets the rhythm a bit because it, there's always things to do before and after travel. You know, we've all been there. Uh, usual contacts. So website, www.philswallow.com. My Instagram is philswallowphoto. Twitter, philswallowphoto. And also you can get me philswallowphoto on Facebook if you're a Facebook user. So with that, I'll sign off and I will speak to you again very soon. Mm-hmm.